Hello, Millennium Live listeners. Welcome back to the Millennium Live podcast. It's great to be back and doing another episode in this partnership series that we have. We have a very interesting episode uh, for you this week. It's um, it's going to be all about supply chain, which uh, Millennium Live is really just kind of getting its feet wet in this in this space. And uh, and uh, and to do so, we have we have such a, a great company. Uh, a company that is really it's changing the world and i can't wait to introduce the guest today because we have a lot to talk about and in the world of supply chain i just want to uh, briefly uh introduce uh, the guests that are are coming on millennium live show today um first we have darren o'connor he's the senior client lead over at milliken he's been over he's been at the company for over 17 years uh, starting as a product and process improvement engineer in Milliken's automotive division and holding roles as a process improvement leader and, and site leader supporting the organization with health and safety, performance, operational excellence. And as a senior client lead, Darren partners with organizations at all levels in the strategic and tactical implementation of leadership, health and safety supply chain and performance excellence which of course we'll we'll dive into today darren welcome to the millennium live podcast thank you very much connor and secondly coming on a, a little bit later in the show we have sean smith director of client development for north america and milliken and sean has worked for milliken and company for over 15 years and he started as a product and process process improvement engineer and Milliken's textile division, and he's held many different positions within multiple Milliken manufacturing sites. And uh, after his role as a PPI engineer, he held many positions such as a production leader and MPS specialist, senior production leader, PPI manager, and supply chain leader. And uh, Sean's role as an MPS specialist at the Columbus, North Carolina site was instrumental in developing it into a model site for the company and helping this new uh, process by solution process solutions by Milliken business uh, create its initial educational material, which is uh, which is a big deal. And uh, he joined that uh, performance solutions by Milliken in 2011. And as a practitioner, he has led and developed systems with many industries, including packaging, food and beverage, paper and medical device manufacturing yeah quite two, two great careers uh joining with us so sean welcome to the podcast as well can't wait to pick your brain thank you thank you i can't wait uh for my brain to be picked so i'm excited <laughs> all right let's uh let's dive into it darren i want to i want to start with you and uh kind of talk uh about the uh, supply chain and 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 really uh, how it um milliken is is just um, really one of the leaders in this space. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of buzz going around the supply chain world, and and how's really how has the recent global shift in supply chain dynamics impacted uh, traditional supply chain model, and 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 what are some key lessons learned throughout the last couple of years? That's a, a really great question, and um, I hope we've got enough time to, to to kind of cover that. But as you'd appreciate, and I think uh, many of the, the the people that have been listening to this, the 
significant shift in supply chain dynamics over the last couple of years and, and you know maybe five or six a few things have happened in the world of course factors like COVID-19 and, and unfortunately um, there are still you know political tensions and, and significant impacts that are that are happening all around the world that are that are impacting supply chain and some of those traditional models some of the things that, that, that we've certainly seen both I guess inside of Millicom but, but outside with clients is that the shift has been a little bit around resilience. So a lot of organizations moving more towards a resilient supply chain than an efficient one. So that's not to say that efficiency isn't important, but just it's important just to ensure that, you know, however efficient your supply chain is, it, it will be vulnerable to some disruptions potentially. So building some flexibility, even dare I say a little bit of redundancy inside the supply chains can be crucial. You know, certainly with the uncertainty of the of the world that we're that we're living in, in, in some ways. Mm. I think as well, diversification is a crucial, crucial part of, of supply chains. You know, diversifying suppliers, looking at sourcing from potentially different regions, different locations, maybe going further afield than we did historically, just to ensure that we're mitigating any potential risks and we we move away from a, a single source dependency when it comes to that. That, that supplier and sourcing side of things. So I firmly believe that that, that global shift and, and that logic of, of, of moving the net a little bit wider is starting to happen more. I think another crucial, crucial thing that, that we're seeing when it comes to traditional supply chain models is that there is much more of an appetite for technology. Now, of course, we, we are all in a world where technological advancements are, are clear. Um, many businesses and organizations are very much in that world, but it's becoming more and more crucial inside a supply chain. Just the basics, even around utilization of, of, of data effectively, even artificial intelligence to predict um, trends and, and volatility in the market, just, just helping us to start think about that, that visibility, how we forecast, and back to what we talked about earlier, how we potentially re- mitigate risk a little bit more essentially more and more technology to help us make better decisions. And that might sound exceptionally basic, Connor, but the world we're moving into now, I think everybody's becoming a little bit more adaptable when it comes to technology and actually treating that as a friend rather than potentially a, um, an enemy or indeed a, a, another set of information that just muddies the waters. So, so absolute significant situations and, and improvements and movements around that. I think some of the other key aspects of, of how some of the supply chain dynamics are moving, and, and th- these might sound like buzzwords in a way, Connor, but I think it's important that everybody appreciates this, but things like sustainability becoming essentially crucial in right. every part of every world, let alone supply chain. But again, there's, there's a focus now on stewardship, and, and that can sometimes cost money, time, and efficiency, but has to be done. So building that into your supply chain strategies and policies and procedures is is crucial. So focusing on things like reducing carbon footprints, ensuring that ethical practices and ethical sourcing practices all the way through your supply chain. And I mean all the way through, not just in North America, not just in Europe, but if you're interacting and sourcing from further afield, that that you take time to, to make sure that that's sustainably done. So, so again, all these things take time and take effort, but I, I firmly believe as well that that connects into the other challenge that we're seeing. And 
you know, regulatory and compliance challenges, regulations are changing. Uh, trade policies can become more complex, more difficult uh, to manage. So again, making sure that we're staying informed and adaptable, absolutely crucial when it comes to supply chain. And there's a huge shift towards that. The last one I'll just mention when it comes to some of the shifts, and, and this is one that everybody manages and everybody's challenged with when it comes to supply chain, and that's inventory management. Now, of course, supply chain is all about moving products from point A to B and D and C and so on and so forth uh, as quickly, as efficiently, and as effectively as possible. But I think there's, there's a much more of a shift towards reassessing some of those inventory strategies just in time, or JIT was, was often a, an expression used often around, let's be as lean and as agile as we can with supply chains. Absolutely. We do agree. But I think there's a move more towards how do we actually sometimes hold some of that safety stock? How do we mitigate the risk of supply chain uh, disruptions by, by having a, the potential for that, that, that quick turnaround piece? So challenges. Uh, dynamics are changing in, in some respects, but essentially they all still impact around that people, the process, and the performance side of things. But lots and lots of lots and lots of great work being done by a lot of great people all over the world on on supply chain uh, at the moment. But as we've said, resilience, sustainability, how we manage inventory, and some of those challenges around compliance, regulatory, uh, and, and making sure that we're at the forefront when it comes to technology or definitely how we're seeing some of the supply chain thinking shift. Well, I know, Darren, you could have talked probably for the next hour about um, supply chain dynamics and some of the, these key lessons. But um, thanks for summarizing that and, um, you know, kind of leveraging what you've said uh, for the next question about these challenges. I know you've mentioned, you know, leveraging technology and 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 of course, you know, we can increase production capacity and, and streamline the supply chain, which is all going to help for this much bigger demand that we're seeing now, especially with e-commerce and online shopping. And and and, you know, so you're hearing a lot of, you know, all supply chain issues, right? That's a that's a yeah, the term absolutely. that's being thrown around, especially yeah. in, especially this year. So, you know, with um with with this increase of e-commerce and it's only going to increase more over the next few years uh, the consumer d demands for faster delivery and 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 this digital transformation that we're going through how are supply chains adapting to meet these demands again wonderful question connor i think you've kind of hit the hit the nail on, on the head as we would often say with with one of your comments the world we're in now very much is that consumers at every level, whether that's you and I, right through to businesses and organizations, big, medium, and small size, want everything now. They want it faster, mm. they want it cheaper, um, and they want extra choice. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. E-commerce and, and that side of things is giving people in every area of the world access to, as you say, products um, and, and the potential demands that then then come with that. So as, you, as, as we mentioned earlier in some ways that supply chain itself, it, there are some of those significant adaptions that are that are taking place. And again, both inside of Millicom, but also with some of the, the clients and partners that, that we're working with. And even if even at the basic level, Connor, 
things like warehousing and distribution network optimization. There's there's a lot more thought going into how do we strategically locate warehouses? How do we understand the demographics of people and where some of these consumer needs and some of this um, you know need for products and need for for this quickly is done? And, and thinking about how we move um, distribution networks, warehousing closer to populations to reduce uh, that that transport time enabling quicker fulfillment again crucial crucial piece you, you may see it in in different parts of the world but there are more and more f- fulfillment logistic distribution type centers popping up in 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 all different parts of the the country and the world in many ways so and that is based on trying to optimize that network to try and give customers and consumers what they want as, as quickly as possible moving on from that connor there's there's some interesting movements as well in, in the supply chain network. Maybe not quite as simple for Millicom with some of the products that we make, but there's some certain innovation when it comes to some of that last step of delivery. Um, if you would have talked about this a couple of years ago, you'd have thought we were crazy, but you know, drones, autonomous vehicles, elements like that, using technology to actually take care of that final leg of delivery is becoming more and more common, and certainly with respect to the e-commerce market. Again, if you think that the majority of a journey of a product goes on can be over land, sea, and air, and and often um, the the distance is huge. You know, it could be thousands of miles, but often the time taken for that last couple of miles to get it into the consumer's hands you are moving into significantly dense urban areas or more challenging demographics. So having to be clever, smarter around that last mile delivery logic is, is becoming more and more uh, commonplace when it comes to supply chain. The same logic with, with, with inventory placement in some ways, Connor. So trying to think about how we're optimizing different stock levels in, in different locations, trying to make sure that we, we've got that dynamic ability to to, to to fulfill needs. So instead of having a central location with lots of product in it, it's thinking about how do we distribute that to where the trends, where the market and where the data is telling us. So essentially moving sometimes towards smaller but more um, locations where, where inventory is placed to allow it to be moved quicker. Connor, we, we talk often about data uh, and, and everybody uses data. Of course they do. But again, when it comes to that e-commerce and moving products and parts quicker, we're seeing much more focus around how we use those analytics and how they're helping us forecast in many ways. So again, back to that AI thinking, you know, artificial intelligence or, or AI-driven demand forecasting. The more scenarios that, that, that are trying to be built and predicted, we, we absolutely cannot pr- predict the future quite yet. But um, data helps us start to predict um, some of those trends, some of those consumer needs. And again, gives us that, in some ways, that, that, that foresight to be able to restock and fulfill orders or, or delivery slots as necessary. So again, much more focus around the data side of things the other one that's that's crucial well there's maybe two more that i'm going to talk about today because i appreciate we haven't got quite as long as uh as we could need for questions of this nature but the two i'm going to touch on (laughs) if i may connor um 
a lot more openness, certainly when it comes to supply chain and the e-commerce piece, is, is partnerships. So essentially, not necessarily businesses like Millicom partnering with other textile and chemical businesses, but logistics. How do we collaborate with third-party logistics to ensure that um, we're moving product as quickly as possible? You know, we, we, so that we don't then have to take that infrastructure investment on our shoulders. We're actually leveraging experts. We're actually leveraging uh, the companies and organisations that, that that do the delivery piece and the uh, the, the network logic and, and planning routes and planning it effectively and efficiently. Use them. That, that, that's what they're there for. And I think there's much more openness for businesses, organizations, and, and indeed supply chains to connect with the experts in those different fields. The other one, or possibly the most challenging one, Connor, certainly when it comes to e-commerce and consumer demands in some ways, is actually trying to manage customer expectation. So historically, Connor, and, and, and maybe even think only a few years ago, you may put uh, an order in, whether that be uh, to, a, to an organization like Millican, who's providing you know, industrial products right through to um, online shopping. You get some communication, right? You get an information that will tell you that your order was received and your, your item maybe is dispatched. Think about the communication you're getting now from a lot of these providers. It comes with exactly when your order was placed, when it's hitting the distribution network, who's the name of the driver who's going to be delivering it, the slot and the time that that's going to be delivered to your house. Hey, if you're not in, these are the things that we can do to, to help that. So again, that managing customer expectation through communication um, and through ensuring that the, the visible traceability of, let's say, that item or that product is clear at all points is, is becoming normal. Uh, and, and that's been a shift, I think, in the last few years. So e-commerce, absolutely the world we are in. Some of it links towards traditional supply chain thinking, you know, about planning, about structure, about organization. But there is a lot more advancements around that technology piece. How do we cover that last mile? potentially with a drone, autonomous vehicles, right through to partnering with the right people, right through to essentially a higher level of communication to that end consumer. Right. I know I, I, we obviously live in a, a, a changed world, especially after the pandemic. And, and I, I think you bring up a couple of really great points, Darren, and especially with using technology and how we could advance and 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 manage expectations with consumers. I live in a densely populated area. I live in New York City, and I still want my overnight shipping. So, so, you know, you know, I know as you um, as you kind of alluded to, though, uh, Milliken has some solutions and innovative solutions, and so much more that's going on at the company. So, I want to dive it a little bit into um, into Milliken, and um, and and from from perhaps your perspective of how is um, Milliken dealing with uh, the current supply chain challenges that are facing um, the the industry this year? Yeah, yeah again, Connor, um, appreciate you you're delving into the Milliken world a little bit here. And, and one of the first things I'll, I'll I'll mention, which please don't take this as a as, as a plug for, for Milliken services, but 
One of the key aspects of, of a strong supply chain is, is, is resilient manufacturing. You know, mm. If you are an organization that, that is making that product and distributing it, the first thing to think about in some ways to ensure that you are getting that product to the customer at the right time, at the right price, in the right condition, is to be diligent around the manufacturing side of things. So first things first, in some ways, enhancing those, some of those manufacturing processes, uh, making sure that you are engaging your associates, uh, flexible, uh, adaptable, but also looking at how you can take waste, take losses out of your process is, is crucial. And that gives you a nice foundation and certainly gives Millican a strong foundation. We, we obviously have a, an operation at excellence pedigree inside the business. So, so utilizing that gives us a, a wonderful platform to, to build some strength and, and support for the supply chain uh, challenges that we've got. But some of the other more, let's say, supply chain oriented thinking. Again, we, we maybe mentioned a couple of a couple earlier comments. So forgive me if there's a, a small bit of duplication, but that diversification of suppliers, you know, moving away from single sources, making sure that uh, we're, we're mitigating those issues. And, and Millican have done a wonderful job of that over the years to to start to look beyond um, maybe sometimes the the, the, the four walls of the. Of, of, of the state in the country to understand, you know, the, the suppliers that are out there and how they can build that that improved base so that, you know, they're the, the reducing, we've reduced that resilience. Again, back to the data piece, the, the supply chain visibility, a, a lot of work has happened over the years inside of, of Millicon on, on back to how we use technology and data to, to really understand some of those um, you know, real-time visibility of, of, of where things are, when things are happening, so that we can ensure that we're, we're tracking inventory, shipments, and also planning ahead potential disruptions. The amount of news and information that's out there in the world when it comes to some of those potential geopolitical issues, right through to weather, right through to some of the challenges on, on, on roads and the network. We, we've spent a lot of time trying to get ahead of that to keep close and ensure that we are not surprised by these things. Okay, so again, using that, that data, that information um, to, to, to plot the supply chain, keep it visible has been an utterly crucial part of, of Millican's uh, progress. Risk management's another piece, Connor, and, and I know people often will hear the word risk management and think health and safety. Well, do it, but think health and safety for your supply chain. So... We spend a lot of time and we have we, we have uh, a big part of our, our team and our structure that are looking at how we continually risk assess the supply chain. What are those vulnerabilities that we have? How do we start to build contingency plans for, for different scenarios? So, again, nobody predicts the future, but data and history give us lessons often. So trying to use you know, root cause analysis, trying to think about how we uh, mitigate risk inside of the supply chain, just like you would do with a quality project or even a breakdown project, as an example. Same logic. What has gone wrong in the past? What is the root cause? And what are we going to put in place now to stop that from happening uh, moving forward? Some of the other thinking around sustainability as well, I mentioned earlier about you know reducing carbon emissions and ethical sourcing and that sort of things, but Millican as, as an organisation is is significantly at the forefront of of these types of things. So keeping that in mind for our supply chains and keeping that at the forefront of our challenges, so that we get ahead of 
situations where we're having to reduce carbon or indeed ensure that we're ethical in what we do. Millican are, are at the forefront of that. So keeping ahead of the game as well has been a, a significant part of Millican's continued growth and, and continued success when it comes to managing supply chains. The, the, the last one, Connor, that I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with on this one as well, again, it may sound exceptionally basic, but working on collaboration in supply chain, so building those relationships with not just our customers, but our suppliers, our community, our logistics partners, to make sure that when challenging times comes come along, we've built a network of collaboration. So we know business can be hard. We know business can be difficult sometimes, but we, we found it much more advantageous to build the right relationships with our, as I said, suppliers, customers, uh, right through to our communities, our, our third party people that, that we engage with to help us improve our supply chains, build relationships with them because strong relationships are important when things go wrong. So again, could not emphasize enough thinking about how you collaborate, how you communicate, and how you strengthen those relationships when the times are good, because you're going to need them when the times aren't as good. Well said, Darren. Uh, you know, this has been a, it's great to uh, to hear from you, uh, and especially with all your experience in the industry and Ant Milliken. It's, uh, I, wa- I want to ask you one more question before I bring Sean on, on to the, uh, the podcast. Uh, you, you know, we, we've talked a lot about challenges and, um, I want to kind of hear what you went, you know, from your perspective, uh, you know, what you've seen in the industry. So the, the big, biggest challenge, I know we've obviously talked about a, a good few of them, uh, you know, with um, price, you know, prices are constantly going to be going up and and especially with inflation and uh, hard to uh, tackle digital transformation when you got so many aspects of the industry. And. I also want to hear what perhaps is the biggest opportunity, and and that is a that's that's kind of what I want to hear too. And 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 we did talk about them. I I know you, I, I I'm assuming you can um maybe touch upon the partnerships yeah. aspect of of that, and and perhaps how and Milliken works, but um and of course technology and how technology will continue to uh, to get better. Maybe one day we'll predict the future, but uh, <laughs> until that happens, um, Darrell, what is the what is the biggest challenge that you currently see in supply chain, and perhaps what is the biggest opportunity? Absolutely, um, I, I'll give you a couple. Then we can we do have time to hand to Sean. I don't want to I don't want to steal so much time from him. Um, but we, we, maybe we mentioned a couple uh, towards the, the the beginning, but some some still remain key i think so so some of the disruptions that, that that potentially we can predict but i don't want to keep going back to it but, but things like covid19 that, that highlighted significant vulnerabilities in in global supply chains and, and those disruptions will happen again in the future now of course we i hope it's not a a pandemic of course but but we talk about some of the tensions some of the potential you know natural disasters trade related issues in in different parts of the the world so i think trying to, as we've talked about, work out scenarios around how you're going to deal with them. So it's not a what if, it's it's a when these things are going to happen. So right. I, I would suggest that any supply chain business organization starts to think about those scenarios and, and, and almost strength tests their supply chain resilience 
prior to those things happening or indeed happening again. Because demand volatility will not go away. Rapid shifts, you know, consumers change their mind. You know, factors, um, we talked about e-commerce, but 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 w- w- people can be fickle sometimes, if I, if I may say it. You know, consumer preferences and, and, and things can, can, can change. We're, we're in a social media world where the latest fashion, the latest craze, the latest uh, must-have changes. So the, that, by definition, means that supply chains will remain volatile. So, yeah, in Millican, I, I would say our... Our products are maybe not quite the the fashionable uh, Instagram, TikTok world product. However, um, consumers are changing their their mindsets and they're thinking around what we provide and what we produce as well as an organisation. So, 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 so working around that volatility and having the models that can help with supply and demand and indeed scheduling and planning, linking back to the the uh, adaptable and agile manufacturing processes will be important. I think some of the significant challenges that, that we are acutely aware of, and of course, that we've, we've talked about the sustainability piece and some of the, the regulatory uh, and trade uncertainty that can, can be in the world. But I think it's fair to say as well, Connor, that, that in today's world, labour and, and labour shortages are a little more evident. Yes. People are changing jobs potentially more frequently. I would say there is there has been a move potentially towards a work from home logic. So so people are wanting and expecting different things from maybe their their job or their organisation. Myself and Sean recently have talked about um, a phenomenon called the Great Resignation, where organisations are losing good people. So I see that as a challenge still moving forward because the the. The time, effort, uh, and uncertainty that losing people, losing skill at your organisation creates can, can have a have a huge impact. I think the other one as well, just, just to maybe go a little bit more advanced, is we're always, when it comes to supply chains and the scope and the, and the data that, and information that's involved in that, cybersecurity is, is becoming more and more crucial and critical inside of organisations and certainly supply chains and certainly if they are navigating different parts of the world. So, again, challenges around how we make sure that those digital supply chains are are effective uh, and and can be, well, essentially, it can be in such a way that sensitive data and information is not compromised has got to be the the, the absolute forefront of of most organisations thinking. I guess shifting to some of the opportunities Connor, and, and if I think of, of of how we grow some of that, one of the one of the first things I, I will mention because we maybe haven't talked about it so much is that there's got to be more and more thinking. I think from most organisations around that circular economy piece. So how do we make sure that our supply chain model, and again in co- in collaboration with even suppliers and customers, is designed to reduce waste? How can it recycle? products and, and and how do we reuse so that we create a, that that circular economy between um supplier manufacturer customer right back to supplier uh, of course that fits exceptionally well with some organizations and the products they make but i think that's got to be at the forefront of everybody's mindset moving forward because the challenges on on waste on recycling on building that circular economy will come to everybody and everybody will will absolutely have a have a part to play in it 
I think yeah. as well, Connor, if I may, that, that we have talked about digital transformation. I think most organisations who maybe are only on the cusp of utilising that. So that's only going to grow. That is only going to grow and it's going to grow exponentially. And if you're not doing it today or if you're not looking at it, you're already behind. So when it comes to supply chain and when it comes to that digital transformation piece, get ahead of it now. If you've not got that thought process or you're not utilizing the data or the systems around you in the first instance, do it. Um, learn to, to treat them as, a, as an ally inside of the organization because, because it's only, only gonna, gonna change and, and gonna become more and more um, you know, data-driven decision-making in, in, in many ways. So long gone are the uh, long gone should be the times where we're making decisions just off experience or just off gut feel. It's got to be data driven uh, and it's got to help us then plot out trends and, and back to that, try to at least start to predict some of the future and some of the volatility inside of it. Um, but essentially, we know e-commerce is going to continue to grow. So again, expansion of customer base, how do we leverage that for, for most organizations should very much be be at the forefront but what i would say in 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 close to an extent some of the opportunities still around supply chain connor are still around building resilience in making sure that you know you, you're reducing your losses and your waste you, you you're looking at your supply chain as a whole what are the things that are working well how do we harness that? What are the things that aren't working? How do we change that? How do we improve it? How do we continue with those collaborations and partnerships? You know, basic stuff I know, but suppliers, uh, logistic partners, customers, ensuring that they are trapped as partners in that supply chain is a significant opportunity. It's got to be more and more um, part of everybody's mindset. And, you know, Finally, in some ways, we've talked about consumers and customers. Well, their demands may change. You know, their the, the thinking and, and how we are flexible around that is, is going to need to change. So back to that, keeping abreast of data, technology, understanding what's happening in the market, understanding what's happening in uh, some of the environments around us is, is crucial to make the right decisions. So challenging is, is, is the supply chain world, but it will always be dynamic. It will always evolve. And I think keeping that continuous improvement mindset to keep abreast of market conditions, emerging technologies will help everybody and everyone stay as competitive as possible in what is a challenging global market. Well, I don't think there's anybody that could better sum up the supply chain industry than you, Tarrant. I think that was awesome. And and thanks, thanks for really taking us through the the both challenges and and the opportunities because obviously we could have talked a whole episode on cybersecurity and and the risks and the risk management there. Uh, that's a whole other industry to talk about. Um, recycling, uh, you know what? Recycling is a great issue, but it, it's a challenge that could turn into an opportunity, and I like that part. Yeah. So, uh, Darren, I, thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts and um, and joining Millennium Live. I want to bring Sean Smith on uh, to talk about uh, more about Milliken and and the offerings there. I think um, it's it's just a, a really fascinating company, and, and and from what the short time that I've 
been briefed on it and 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 did a little bit of research on on Milliken and 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 really the innovation that's coming out of here you got it's producing so, so much i mean i like that you generally say you make products that make people's lives better and that's what i want to talk about you have a great big team 8000 plus scientists engineers manufacturers designers thinkers collaborators and problem solvers and you are focused on creating a positive impact through purpose driven products so sean just to just to start off uh Really, I mean that that itself makes uh, you different from other consultancies. But perhaps, um, what really does it in in your in your view as is, is, is practitioners and and including maybe that loss elimination and and you have and teachers and and coaches and and that mentorship that you that you could provide. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Not every consultant, and we don't call ourselves consultants, but if by definition, our business is obviously a consulting business. Uh, but not not most consultancies can take you to a site and show you what they do and take you to a distribution center and show you how we operate. And we have that going for us. And that's very, very powerful. And it just leads right into really our value proposition, Connor, is we have practitioners. So people coming and doing the work with you are practitioners. And they're called that because they have practiced this. And that we average over 20 years experience uh, in the field. Uh, of practitioners. So you're not getting someone right out of school. You're not getting someone just showing up and, and wondering what they're doing. You have people who have practiced it for a while. We as a company practice it. So that's one thing is the practitioners set us apart from so many others. But there's a couple more. There's a, We call it associate engagement. You, you may call them employees, employee engagement, but people really buy into things they help create. So the people on the floor and the people who are picking orders and the people who are doing things and loading trucks and unloading trucks, those are the people you need involved because they st they're going to be bought into a system that they're part of. So we really, really spend time doing that. And another one is transferring knowledge. And those two kind of go together. And we're transferring the knowledge to people so we don't have to be there forever. You'll work with a lot of consultants and people will tell you what to do and back off, but you need them all the time because they've never taught others how to think like you and how to work like you. So we do that through the transfer of knowledge. You know, when we first start, we're teaching while the client's learning. And then as we begin to, as we begin to coach, you, the client begins to really lead the system. And then we really step back and act as a mentor our practitioners will, and the 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 client leverages the system that they put in place and it begins to work. So when we have that transfer of knowledge and that associate engagement, along with our practitioners working with them, it's very, very powerful. And the last thing I think that sets us apart, not everyone does this, is we use something called losses. You know, the 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 real true way to measure continuous improvement, to measure change, to measure performance is against zero loss, you know, against perfection, not against how you did last week versus this week, but how did you do versus the ideal state? And we'll come in and we'll develop those losses and we'll measure ourselves uh, through the loss analysis. So I would say that the, the fact that we're practitioners, the transfer of knowledge to, to the employees and that loss analysis uh, really sets us apart from from the uh from the average uh consultant right so in and what steps do you do you take to understand the client requirements and opportunities so basically what what clients what the wants are versus what the clients needs are yeah you know it's since it's not cookie cutter 
it's not a you buy this product and that's what you get. It's it's customized from client to client. And what what's good about that is it forces us to listen. <laughs> we listen. <laughs> we listen to understand. We have to listen because we're not quite sure maybe even what you do versus um, what you make or, or what you ship and what your processes look like and where your gaps are. So we listen. So we listen to understand, you know, what are your processes, your people performance, but then we have to verify. We we have to verify for your good and our good that we're going to be working on the right thing because what you think might be bleeding is actually an upstream process or a downstream process. So we we come to verify, and the way we do that is through that site assessment. So we'll come to your location and do an assessment. It's really observing your daily life, what is currently going on, where are your processes and your people, and how do you perform looking at those work streams. We do something pretty interesting, Connor. We do associate interviews, so one-on-one with the the employees. And it's amazing what people will tell you when you're in a room with a stranger, one-on-one, in confidence, when you're asking them questions about the processes. It's very, very powerful. (laughs) And then we'll do do a, uh, a loss analysis, which I just spoke to, just to make sure we are directionally correct on where we're going to be working. And what happens is that assessment now leads to a comprehensive report. You'll get this detailed report showing all the associate interviews, all the responses, and showing you the loss analysis. And that allows us from there to really set up a plan. And that what that plan allows us to do is be on the same page. You know, how many people are we going to need for this? Roles and responsibilities. Who's going to be doing what? What are the goals? What's the ROI? What are we going to get out of this partnering with you? And through all of that, we begin to understand exactly what the client needs, where their opportunities are, and no one's signing anything until we're on the same page of what we're going to be working on and what the client's going to be getting out of it. That's very interesting. And, and that is a great segue to, um, you know, what, what, uh, you know, in terms of supply chain excellence, you know, what, what a normal supply S you know, SCX implementation look like in, in terms of, of, onboarding and and you know you mentioned ROI and and engagement and 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 the timing of it and could you walk us through it uh, uh Sean yeah I'd, I'd love to and I'll give you the typical business development answer it depends <laughs> <laughs> but it does it depends on the needs and it depends but I'll I'll walk through a typical engagement we've been doing this a long time and and obviously I've seen a lot of them it, it would start with that assessment. So you'll have a couple Millican practitioners on site for three days, maybe two days, depending on the size of the location, doing that assessment. And from there, we'll come up with that plan and be all in agreement on what we're going to work on. And then the engagement would be it would last between six to 18 months, uh, again, depending on the, the size of the work. And uh, that'll all be agreed on and who's going to help and how long it's going to go. And then the cadence. So again, that, that'll depend on the work needed, but you'll have a couple practitioners, sometimes maybe one, sometimes three, and they'll be there either for three weeks and then one off or every other week. And they'll be there typically for three days while we were there. So I would show up on, on a Monday night and get to the location Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then take a week off. And then another Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and do that for six months, do that for 18 months while we're working with your people on all of the things and all of the gaps that we said we needed to work on. So you can envision that. 
sometimes we'd have one person. One person would come in three days per week, every single week, take the fourth week off, give give the site a break, give the practitioner a break, <laughs> and they can work on things while we're gone. Um, that's that's a big part of the every other week is while we're gone, the team has a responsibility to start to learn because they have to do things without us. So that's very, very powerful for us to um, not be there all the time, five days a week for three months, because then that team's just a, too dependent on uh, the practitioner. So that's what a typical engagement would look like. But there's a setup behind that you need to know about. And that's there would be an account manager for the company who wants to work with us. And that account manager will set up a corporate steering team that would allow some more governance around the process. And that's just to ensure alignment all the way from the time we said, yes, we're going to do this until the end. Uh, weekly reviews, ensuring you're getting what you're supposed to be getting, removing of roadblocks. Believe it or not, sometimes there's some roadblocks that need to be removed and we need to work through those and some coaching that needs to take place, making sure the resources are doing um, exactly what they signed up to do. So uh, it's very, very powerful. It's a powerful structure that we've developed over the years and it works great. And it all comes back to that practitioner working with uh, the employee engagement and driving out the losses that were defined uh, during the assessment. That's awesome, Sean. And and I want to throw one last uh, question at you because I I like to end Millennium Live with a uh, with a piece of, of wisdom or or talking about the future. And I and Darren uh, you know provided such a great insight into um, some of the the biggest opportunities uh, in supply chain. But as far as a Milliken goes. You know, what are are there any some exciting uh, innovations that are happening at the company? And you know, you've been there a long time, so I'm I, you know, it have what have you seen over the the years and, and and tackling some of the biggest challenges and biggest problems? What does the future really look like for Milliken? And and perhaps what are the um, what's what's the road ahead look like in terms of uh, where the company is going? And the company as a whole, uh, through acquisitions, is growing, so it's super exciting. We're buying comp uh, buying companies that fit our profile and our portfolio. We've a few years ago started a healthcare division, and it's growing, and it's so so exciting. And with that acquisitions and with the change through the pandemic, and we all know what happened through that time, it's exciting to see our system sticking, Connor. Our system is being the way we improve still to this day. And as we acquire a company, we want to bring them on to the, the Millican way. We have a system and we have internal practitioners that don't work for our business, but work for Millican in our sites who actually go to these acquisitions and help them uh, get their supply chain and uh, processes in place. So it's exciting to watch. It's exciting to be part of as we grow as a company and we're super excited about it that's awesome and uh it's sure uh any of the uh you know the members of our audience and our listeners specifically those chief supply chain officers uh this is a, a great great company and i'm excited to have them as a millennium partner uh, for those members specifically who are listening, we have a digital supply chain, enterprise AI supply chain transformation assembly coming up in October. That is October 3rd and 4th at the Omni Barton Creek in Austin, Texas. I want to thank Darren and Sean for joining Millennium Live and for representing Milliken in such a great way, talking supply chain, some of the great challenges, some of the biggest opportunities, some of the great work that Milliken is doing. So I want to thank you both today for joining this uh, this episode. It was great to have you you both on. Thank it's you. Pleasure, thank Connor. You. Thank you.